0: Hunting and fishing in New England, something that I've always grown up knowing was important to the culture up here, and uh, it's exciting to see new people kind of enter the media industry in various ways, and I'm excited to be joined by a first-time guest on the show. This is the New England Take. I'm your host, AJ The NewEnglandTake.com to Get more from the show. Like and subscribe if you're checking this out on YouTube, New England Take, if you do a search for that. As always, all the social medias, you know what to do on those. All right. Excited to be joined by Mac Baldo of Hunt Fish New England. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, AJ. It's uh, good to see you again. Last we saw each other was at the New Hampshire Outdoor Expo. And uh, it's good to see you again, man. How are things?
0: Yeah, you know, things are great, and I was excited to, to see a couple young guys start up a show on, on this topic. I mean, the big thing for me is I grew up with you knowing about the Outdoor Channel and ESPN on Sundays <laughs> doing their, their their terrible, old, very large old men wandering around with their boats and guns and such and, and doing things. But the digital landscape of um outdoors content is really i feel it's really blown up like over the last five years maybe going back 10 years or so with like under armor and you know, red bull all these different uh large corporations funding the so many aspects of the digital sports uh, media landscape if you kind of have the same opinion on that
1: Totally. And that's kind of how I got into hunting was the exposure through social media. I think just like social media and like Instagram and YouTube, especially um, people had instant access to a lot of these. I think a lot of uh, uh, famous individuals who ended up taking up hunting or fishing and then exposed people to that, sparked their interest. And I think it really did blow up uh, exactly within that time frame you described.
0: Now, the big thing that stands out to me is um cameron guy cameron haynes James. yeah cameron haynes that's his name the, the yep. Joe rogan actually experience. wearing
1: wearing his shirt right here yeah <laughs> orange love it yep. that's, that's great
0: yep. he's hilarious like i like he's, he's great whenever he's on the joe rogan experience which is where i heard of him and uh, checking him out on some of his videos that he posted and following his bananas social media feed uh doing his uh his running that just scares the crap out of me as his legs fall apart in front of him
1: yeah yeah lift run shoot that's his motto and it clearly works for him
0: it does at least until his body falls apart on him but he's gonna yeah. ride it straight <laughs> till then that's for sure yeah
1: for sure um yeah you know and I, I think a lot of those guys that you mentioned like rogan and, and haynes and um, I think the show Meat Eater was a huge yeah. impact um, to really promoting hunting and fishing um, nationally. Um, but there is a pretty big hunting fishing community here in New England, um, which we saw a microcosm of that at the New Hampshire Outdoor Expo. And um, it was several years before that uh, you and I met um, that we actually started Hunt Fish New England as more of like a passion project, getting involved with hunting and fishing here in the region. You had mentioned a lot of the, the shows that were on like ESPN or like Nesson back in the day um, you, you could only really get them in the mornings and they rarely showed New England stuff it was a lot of midwest sometimes just things uh, maybe like south of the border or north of the border but it was very rare that you would see something in New England even on like Nesson um, they didn't always have outside of Charlie Moore there wasn't always somebody who was doing hunting and fishing in New England and um, we were, we're not trying to fill that void per se, but we just realized like, come on, there's a huge industry here in the hunting and fishing world. We're in one of the best places in the country to engage in both of those sports, um, or forms of recreation, however you want to look at it. Um, let's see if we can try to expose a little bit more and showcase what's going on out here. And then we realized maybe there's a different layer to this. There's a whole industry, not just the people doing the fishing, the hunting, but also the people who supply the products. And I think within that same five years, this kind of reshoring um, of American goods and this focus on American goods um, has really gotten to the limelight. And that's what we're focusing on now, specifically. Um, Hunt Fish New England, we're not trying to say we're the best hunters or the best fishermen out there, because we're not. I mean, there's just there's so many people who are very successful in both of those things, way beyond um, where we're at right now. But what we did realize is that our biggest passion was for the small businesses, the American businesses here in New England that we do think um, don't get the spotlight they deserve. So that's our mission to just promote and showcase um, New England made products and services in the hunting and fishing industry with the hope that as we continue to do this and continue to work with different, whether it's a company or some nonprofits, um, that we can help get some sales help promote a lot of these um, companies here in new england and support american made and um just that people will think before they buy something um, for a hunting trip or a fishing trip like how can i not buy something from a big box store that's made outside the states how can i maybe make purchase something to use that's made here in the region that i'm actually going to go utilize it in um you know supporting our neighbors and supporting our community Um, in so many different ways.
0: Not, not to harp on Joe Rogan, uh, again, for, for another little aspect of this, but I think he summed it up well, where basically uh, hunters are, are very close to teenage girls when it comes to clothes shopping, when it comes to to the gear they have, and all the I never heard
1: him say that, but that's yeah, pretty he, true. He, he did.
0: He said that a long time ago. I am like, oh, yeah. God, yeah, it, it's totally that, cause you, you got to get all the stuff that matches, and go, you got to get all the guns and such. Like the, there's, there's a bit of gear envy, like as, as a camera nut. <laughs> like I see that definitely in the hunting and fishing industry. It's I, I've had the chance through my day job to to go to a bunch of different expos the last few months since I started over there, and it's fascinating to see like the the. These people you wouldn't expect to like be creating gear of, of different kinds, like whether it's bags whether it's it's not like it's not like guns and gun accessories or fishing rods. like no, it's like fishing lures and different bait sort of things on the fishing side of it. Um, special bags that are made from recycled materials I'm seeing quite a bit off. and then ways to try, these very hippie kind of ways of thinking about it that these these very hardline, conservative-style dudes are, are creating their own businesses with, and it's amazing to see.
1: Yeah, and I think there are, like, a lot of misconceptions um, about the hunting uh, community, specifically. Yeah. I think a lot of people can just kind of see hunters as, like, far-right, Elmer Fudd, you know, don't take my guns, I'm gonna do what I want, I'm gonna hunt where I want, but it's the complete opposite of that. Um, Hunters, in my opinion, are the, whether you want to say conservationists or environmentalists, I think hunters are the most environmentally um, aware and conscious and supportive um, through conservation. Um, And in doing that, a lot of the products being made, there is an environmental focus on it, right? Um, There are some companies that will only buy material from the United States, right? Less of a carbon footprint. There's some companies who were who will only make their own components of their goods that then get uh, manufactured and then distributed. So um, yeah, very, very interesting that people are creating things from, like you mentioned, the smallest components to the biggest components that go into um, you know, a hunting and fishing trip or just a day out there. There's and nice that doesn't times. even include like the services specifically, like yeah. guide services, that is actually some people's complete you know, lifestyle
0: yeah we'll, we'll dive into to guiding which is which is which is big i mean it's it's huge to the tourism industry and such in all the states up here in new england but keeping gear a little bit longer i mean what what are some businesses that that maybe are relatively new that have really stood out to you especially going to the outdoor expo and various other companies you've spoken to
1: um there's so many um let's i mean right now turkey season is about to get started in new england so i guess we can talk about some, like, companies related to that uh, season. Um, There is a very big company. So I flashed my shirt earlier, Origin. Um, Origin is a company based out of Maine. Um, You've probably heard of, like, Jocko Willink, if, you know, um, Jocko is involved with um, Origin. Um, And what Origin does is, is they focus... Um, they make a lot of like jujitsu materials Um, they do make um, everyday durable goods but they also have a very stellar and unique uh, camo line Um, so in addition to picking up this Cameron Haynes shirt from origin um, I decided that I would be a hypocrite if I was wearing something made overseas trying to kill a turkey here in New England so this would just be an example of a base layer uh, that I bought from origin Um, so I'm Origin camo is great. A lot of it's uh wool-based, keeps you warm in the spring. I bought this one specifically cuz in turkey hunting turkey have, turkeys have incredible vision. Um this hood also um comes with the you know pre um installed face covering too. So I can't remember the exact name for that piece, but um yeah, that's something I'm really looking forward to, to using um this spring. Actually in ne- just next week uh, turkey season opens here and. In mass. And there's a, another company out of uh, New England, sorry, out of Maine, um, Nor'easter Game Calls. Uh, th- this is a three pack of uh, turkey calls that I picked up. Um, really looking forward to these. I was practicing. They just came in the mail for me today. I was just practicing before we went live. Um, so those are just a couple things that I th- I'm just really looking forward to using. Um, at the expo, we talked to um, another AJ, AJ Hunter. He um owns Huntlight and he was one of the guys who's making uh, bags. You know, he's really focused on efficiency and organization. Um, so I'm also looking forward to get one of his bags so I can or one of his packs specifically uh to carry these uh these goods in. So um these are just a companies that stand out to me immediately, but there are just so many others. Um, what I really liked at the expo that we were at was um, Um, So Dan Kenny is the individual who organizes um, the a lot of these expos here in mass and He had guys um, From all over New England with different like soft plastic baits for bass fishing Um, Because right after turkey season the bat well the bass are turned on now, but bass fishing is really big here in New England Um, So we had companies like fresh baits. Um, They're out of Worcester mass. They have some very unique patterns Um, crazy Hick bait company out of New Hampshire I was pro staff um, with them when I was doing more tournament angling. They just have incredible stuff and it's all geared to New England. Um, that's the best part. You can buy stuff out of, out of the big box store, but it might be geared to like fishing, like the Okeechobee or somewhere out in the Midwest. A lot of these lures that you're getting locally, they're intended to be used locally and they're also effective elsewhere. Um, and there's also uh Bendit fishing. He's, uh, he really focuses, on lake trout fishing, specifically ice fishing, and he was uh, using a particular lure. It wasn't very effective. It was made, I think, somewhere in Canada, and then he realized it just was too big for the fish here. He made his own version, downsized, and it was highly effective. So those are just some things that come to mind. I think focusing on American products, focusing on things that are unique and effective here in New England um those are really those things that we're looking to support and, and also utilize in the field.
0: Yeah, and I mean, both with your podcast and me doing the New England take. I mean, the internet basically makes this so much easier to accomplish nowadays. Like mm-hmm. anyone can set up a website in, a, in an hour, have it be live, set up a storefront, and then begin to figure out the pain getting, getting your product out there. It, it's fantastic. I mean, the whole… We talk about Cameron Hanks and Jocko Willink and all that. I, I mean, they blew up because of the Internet. It, it existed and they're able to, to promote their businesses through podcasts and video and partnerships with different organizations that you just can't do when there's only, like we talked about, only a couple different cable um, sports channels and such and maybe they can do and Nessun and such. It's it, the It feels like the perfect time is coming out of COVID for these businesses to really start investing in Getting out there and doing shows like shows don't really cost that much in, in the scheme of things if you find the right ones and um, mm. to it, It's so important to, to, to support local businesses in your region and Like, like you said a minute ago. It, it's the bait probably it, over in Alaska ain't going to work necessarily here in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, or Maine, or whatever. It's like you have different species of different creatures out here, and what they're going to see for terrain with the pine and granite here in New Hampshire is going to be very different from what they see out in California.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So let's talk about guides. I d- never really thought about it as someone who grew up in rural Maine. Already, like it, it never clicked to me. It's like <laughs> you usually just go sit, go see one of your buddies. I'm sure they know where to go to get get, get whatever it is you want to get. Um, right. But for people that want to maybe didn't grow up in that this sort of atmosphere, it, it's a fantastic way to kind of explore a new area and maybe get into this this very. Um, this, this sports, th- these different sports that people you ha- maybe are beginning to consider a lot more again, especially when to talk about people are sick of being at home all the time. They want to <laughs> get out there. They want to see some damn sun, and they want to get a, get taken uh, the world around them in ways that maybe they didn't consider.
1: Yeah, um, I'm like what you would consider like an adult onset hunter, right? Um, so, guides are extremely important for someone like me who doesn't have too much mentorship or you know support in terms of like having somebody go out into the field with me and you know teach me this teach me that and help me become effective it's kind of a lot of trial and error and a lot of upfront research and then trial and error um, so I got my first glimpse into how important like a lodge or a guide is um, actually from a trip that is going on it's um, 21st year. Um, so for about twenty years, I've been going to uh, Bear Springs up in Rome, Maine. It's uh, Bear Springs camps. It's a fourth generation uh, family owned fishing lodge um, where they have a amazing base cabin, but then they have different cabins all along this beautiful cove up in maine and just meeting the um the guys there who we call them like the cabin boys, that's how they refer to them, but they' you know these are these are grown men who have a lot of experience um you know, angling up there and being safe on the water. And, you know, they're up there, they're fueling our boats, they're bringing us, um, firewood, they're bailing our boats on, on certain days. They're helping us when we're just fumbling, um, all around the dock and talking to these guys. there's This is one guy particularly up there, Jeff talking with Jeff. It's like, Jeff, what's biting? And he knows right away. He's like, this is what's biting. This is what you should do on this wind. This is where you should go and i'm just like well this guy knows this place like the back of his hand and every time he tells us something if we ourselves can execute correctly it's a great time and we actually are able to you know catch that smallmouth or catch that pike at this time of day in this condition and then so that just made me like love these multi-generation companies uh, but also like respect the input of people who are experts in that area um, like jeff for that example so now that i'm doing more hunting there just talking with these guys, it's just like they are all in and it's for a lot of these guys it's not even their full-time job they make a full-time job of it during certain seasons but some of these guys are um, pipe fitters welders um, architects engineers you name it um, and they're doing this because it's a passion but it, it also is ingrained in the culture Um, where they live I think I just think of like main guides for example like the main guide is just like ingrained in the culture Um, so I can think of a few guides in particular and I was talking about the learning curve for going after a particular game Um, there is um, Devin first person that comes to mind um, is uh, Devin Cooley he's with Backwoods Gun Dogs he's up in the Moosehead area and um we were going after bear and we were like we want to we have minimal opportunity for bear and mass you can't bait for bear and mass um and bears are just so intelligent and elusive and aware of their surroundings that without bait it makes it very challenging especially in these kind of more thick hardwood areas you don't have a lot of sight to you know spot and stalk them so we looked into it and we noticed that in Maine there's a big Culture of bear hunting, especially yeah. with hound hunting, um, and just seeing that in itself, and seeing the hounds work um, with Devin, and he just had it dialed in. And you know, we're going all over Maine uh, in the Moosehead area. He's getting us on bears consistently. We're talking with him. We get to know his family. You know, he he not only is guiding you, but there's also lodging included it's just you get a full taste in my opinion of the culture of the area and the guides are just they're just they want to see you be successful and they're very passionate about the sport um so those are just a few uh, examples that come to my mind clearly i'm like preoccupied with maine it's like (laughs) my home away from home but um it's the guides they just will give you that leg up um in these new areas of hunting that you might not be familiar with but also if you just want to be effective and work with a professional, and just get the full experience. the The guides are there to make that happen. Um, and again, that's that's American jobs too. Yeah,
0: it's also a way just to be safe. Like if you're not familiar with an area, it's a very dangerous thing to just go wandering out into the woods, and you don't know how many other people necessarily are hunting out there, or how many other. Um, yeah. What what sort of the, the the bears are you might encounter? Speaking specifically with bears, or if you're out there hunting yeah, yeah. deer, like who's out there hunting this deer? Because guess what? There's also bears. Once again, out there that yeah. might want to go find find a deer for themselves. It, yeah, it, and, it, it's it, you don't know if you're gonna come across water. Like you can look at all the maps you want, but at different times a year, there's different changes to how that territory is gonna look.
1: Yeah, and there's time that goes into it too. Um, you know, if for I just use myself as an example. I'm here in like smack dab in Central Mass, and I don't have time to go up to Moosehead and you know get a bait station and bait it. Well, get the bait is a whole other story, uh, but you know to fill the bait sites and, and all that, um, I don't have the time. So the guides, they just make sure you you're effective and to your point, making it safe and for everybody f- with hopefully for a successful harvest.
0: It, it, for me, I'm not a hunter. I, I did some fishing when I when I was younger, and it's I don't have any patience. I picked up photography because it's easier. It's like oh, I'm just gonna walk around and take pictures because <laughs> that's a little more engaging for my ADHD rattled brain. Uh, sure. But it's it, something I think that's very important also that is. The just the the community you build with these sorts of things like at at the outdoor expo once again like just to harp on it but I mean these guys would act may, went on a hunt or two together and you, the, they act like they've been lifelong friends they know everything about each other it's like that culture is is so important to society generally speaking and then to have mm-hmm. that. These people in your life that you, you you have this common interest, you have an activity you can go out and do together, and have that that. Um that friendship building that you, you you can't get any way unless you're out in nature. Like I feel like it's a different thing. Like even as someone who doesn't hunt or fish, but just to go out camping and spend that time with family and doing that sort of thing is huge. To get away from the internet, get away from the screens, yes. and get into, see just calm and quiet and the experience of outside.
1: Yeah, there is um, some people who maybe don't fish or hunt might not, might not understand. And this might sound kind of hippy dippy in itself, um, but I think there is like a spiritual component to being outdoors and especially um, hunting and fishing and how somebody might question how is ending uh, an animal's life, you know, a spiritual thing or how is there anything good that comes out of that? It's kind of something you don't know until you actually do it. Um, and there's like the added health benefits and, and uh, you know, mental wellness component that you were mentioning. But I think there is a spiritual um, side of it, too, and that's something that I've been Kind of more realizing in the past couple of years, and doing both hunting and fishing all around the region.
0: And, and you take, it took my kid, kid fishing, and he he caught a fish. And you you think I'd given him a million dollars? That, that, <laughs> yeah. that experience for for getting out there with you with your with with your children, how letting them experience this, even if it's not something you prefer to do personally. There's a lot of people right. don't like camping or something, but get your kids out there and do these sorts of things. Like, like mm-hmm. fishing is kind of a, a low, low entry bar that you can try, try doing it. And if they really dig it, like finding a guide and maybe, maybe take that weekend with, with, with your kid, if he's a, he or she's a little older and maybe can handle the experience a little more. It, it's just, just think of what that would mean for your family.
1: Absolutely. And you were mentioning uh, community uh, just a second ago. This is probably the most like welcoming and supportive community I've ever been a part of. Um, I work in healthcare. care. Um, I've played sports my whole life, several various sports. Um, I've worked in academia. Out of all of those, just as an example, I think this hunting and fishing outdoor industry is like the most welcoming community and respectful community um, that I've personally been involved with. Nothing against my coworkers, nothing like that. But um, this is just everyone's there's a lot of mutual respect. Um, a shared mission and vision and goal, and people just want to see each other do well. Are there maybe a couple bad eggs? Maybe, but I haven't come across any yet um, in just my short experience um, in the industry. But there is like organizations that, like the there's an organization. It's a nonprofit. They're called Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and uh, there's a specific BHA. Uh, group here in New England. And I just met with um, their coordinator, Chris Borgatti uh, That was the last podcast we just released. And talk about somebody who's in it for their community. Chris is somebody who might be the only person at a public hearing, where their majority of the people present are trying to eliminate hunting or fishing, whether it's access or actually the, the activity in itself and chris is there advocating for this make and trying to promote these opportunities um, and maintain these opportunities so from more of like a grassroots level there is a lot of work too within the community to maintain these opportunities to hunt and fish and uh, bha is just one example of someone who's part of the community but they're advocating on behalf of hunting and fishing as a heritage and a sport Now to to keep chiming in about BHA, BHA has an additional um, component and it's called the Armed Forces Initiative. So think about our community at large and think about the servicemen and women coming back from deployment, uh, maybe retiring from service. And the Armed Forces Initiative of BHA is there to support those individuals by using hunting and conservation as its vehicle. Um, So I just had a chance to meet with with the AFI uh, liaison, his name's Cody. Um, I was—I butcher his last name, and I don't have it written in front of me, so I'll just keep keep it at Cody. Um, Cody was describing AFI's mission and how it supports our community, specifically the our service members um, and veterans. So the, the mission of AFI is to give a new mission to individuals coming back um, to our soil um, in form of conservation and hunting. So part of it is. Promoting the sport and active hunting as a new mission, but also the conservation piece. Because, as Cody explained it to me, the military pays um, you know their service members um, to do particular jobs, and you know the government pays um, a lot to train and invest in our service members for, for particular skills, and those skills can be continued to be utilized after. Uh, deployment and service for different conservation work so he was explaining like if there is um maybe like a dam that needs to be assessed and um maybe repaired who better than tenant service members who are passionate compassionate and passionate about conservation but also have the skills to create a plan to do some engineering to do that seven mile hike or that 10 mile uh, uh, kayak row to then go there and complete that mission and preserve that opportunity, to conserve that opportunity for everyone else to enjoy, but also they're there using their skills on this new mission. And so it, it just goes so far beyond just like the immediate community. It, it really sinks, I think, into the entire community um, in terms of the hunting and fishing industry um, and the community within you know, both hunting and fishing.
0: All right, we're in the last two minutes here of the show. Sure. So let, give, give the plug here. Why, what is uh, Huntfish New England? Where can people check it out? And what can they expect in the future from you?
1: All right, so uh, again, Huntfish New England, we're here to promote and showcase uh, New England-based products and services with the, within the hunting and fishing industry. We are mostly on Instagram, and we also have a podcast which releases weekly. Um, our handle for Instagram is England. And if you just go in the search bar for um, any podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify, just type in "Hunt fish, New England, we're right there. Um, You know, white background, black logo, it's pretty clear. It's like a silhouette of New England with an arrow going through one way and a fly rod going through the other. Um, And we're just going to keep getting these small businesses on our podcast. And it's just really fun to get to know the people behind the products and to support the American products and New England products as much as we possibly can.
0: Matt Capaldo of Huntfish New England, thank you so much for joining me. This is a great conversation.
1: Thanks, AJ. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Definitely subscribe to them. I'll also link to their uh, Instagram feed and their, their podcast feed at the thenewenglandtake.com, as well as in the description if you're checking this out in my podcast feed or YouTube feed. Speaking of, Please be sure to subscribe and like if you're not already over on YouTube as well as subscribing on all the major podcast platforms And once again releasing on the podcast platforms I got lazy about it trying to figure out the YouTube (laughs) thing, but I think I can go back to it I think I got the time so be sure to subscribe to the New England takeover on Facebook. I mean on uh Apple, Google, Spotify, all all the different podcast platforms. This has been the New England Take. I'm your host, AJ Kiers said. Be sure to check out the NewEnglandTake.com. If you got a tip, you want to join the show, you want to contribute. I'm looking for contributors. Be sure to email the Take at gmail.com.